A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast, now hanging out with Obstructed View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, we're just a bunch of fans who love the local nine and talking baseball, including the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. Good day, this is Ken. With me is Jeff. As you know, the Chicago Cubs are currently holding a playoff spot. They have the second National League wild card. It's a very precarious perch, but hopefully some other teams do their due diligence, uh, do the Cubs a solid, and the Cubs continue to win, which hopefully they will, because they are playing the Rockies right now. Anyway, how are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. Back from vacation. Wish I was still on vacation, but I guess that's the way vacations work. You, you need a vacation to come back from your vacation? Yeah, or just a longer vacation. Either would be okay. <laughs> Not enough PTO saved up. Dang it. Anyway, uh, you you actually went to Wisconsin, right? Yep, I was in uh, Wisconsin for most of the vacation, though I did pop to Wrigley for the uh, last game of the Cub Brewer Series. I guess it was two weeks ago now. Yeah, I was great. It was the, it was the I don't first time I remember. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The the dates have flown by because been busy doing job things and uh, also just trying to tune out the negativity because the fact that these guys are doing so well right now, even if they almost got swept by Arizona, it does make me happy. Uh, but yeah, how was your experience at Wrigley? Like, was it just the one day that you were in Chicago? Yeah, I was. I was just in and out. Um, so I'd flown. I'd originally booked my my trip just to fly into Madison, and I was going to hang out there for a day before uh, going up to the Northwoods. And I was like, "Hey, the Cubs are in Chicago. Why not I just go to Chicago for the day?" So I went there for a day game. It's good. It was the first time I'd been there since uh, 2010. It was the last time I lived in the Midwest. It, doesn't feel like that long ago, but <laughs> man, it's been it's been a minute. But yeah, it was great. Um, new renovations look good. Since I hadn't been there for a long time, I shelled out for. Sorry, my dog is play with me mode. You know, I shelled out for something like front row, upper deck seats, which I still think are the the best seats in, in baseball. And yeah, it was great. Yeah. Having yeah, the Cubs win helps too. Every, every time I go there, I think the first time I went to Wrigley, I went with uh, my cousin, who's who's not a Cubs fan though. He's definitely a big baseball fan. And mm-hmm. the Cubs lost that game, and uh, he, he he joked that I got the the true Wrigley Field experience for the Cubs losing. So I still think of that every time I go to Wrigley, despite the fact that I've you know like seen the Cubs like split the division there in 2008 and been to a bunch of other good games. <laughs> That's still the first thing I think of. So I was I was glad I was glad that they won, even if I didn't get the uh, the old school uh, Wrigley Field experience. I guess. Yeah, uh, the last time I went to a Cubs game was in 2019, 
uh, at Wrigley, that is. Uh, we, we did go to a few Cubs games at Oracle Park, and then this year I went to Oracle Park and the Coliseum. Uh, <laughs> so those, those were fun. Uh, they won up against the A's and lost against the Giants, and it was like the only game in the series that they lost. So I, I felt kind of bad, but I had a good time. There were lots of dogs there. So yeah, I, I mean, I've been, to pl- I've been to plenty of Cubs games away from Wrigley Field. Like, actually, nor- normally I'd be at this Cubs-Rocky series if it wasn't at such an inconvenient time in the, in the weekday series. But, uh... Well, you gotta burn that PTO. Or just tell yeah. them you're working from home. From, I mean, I, 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 do, I, do have, I, I do have PTO, but taking, taking three weeks of vacation is tough when I have uh, <laughs> deadlines. <laughs> oh, yeah. Darn those deadlines. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I think the deadline that the Cubs are staring at is October 1st because that's the end of the regular season. So we're hoping that they can keep this playoff spot. And I think uh, our plan tonight is just to talk a little bit about David Ross because a lot of fans are complaining about David Ross, whether it's, you know, why didn't you keep the starter in longer? Why did you use this reliever? Why did you bunt? Why did you use this lineup? Why aren't you playing Canario? And so on and so forth. Uh, we can actually talk about the pitching staff. You know, there there are some good uh, good performances. There are some that are not so good, unfortunately, because of just inconsistency or because some of them got injured, like uh, like Adbert just got on the IL, uh, breaking out of the slump, hopefully. And then we can talk a little bit about the postseason picture and our uh, next to final predictions for the regular season, because we are about two, three weeks away from that October 1st date. So how's that for a plan, sir? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. All right. So, yeah, uh, I, I think Adam laughed at me last time because I said that David Russ probably gets a few manager of the year votes. I don't think he's going to win because I think Council or Snitker is probably going to win. Maybe even Skip Schumacher because the Marlins are playing way above their heads. And that makes me kind of happy for Tim Ng, uh, you know, but basically the first woman GM at MLB. I, I want her to do well so that more women can can follow in her footsteps. Right. But. Also, I want them to like just completely lose because I don't want them in the playoffs because you know Marlins fans deserve nothing but misery. Anyway, uh, yes, all, all ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we could start with well, there was that one game where Javier Assad was basically shutting out the the Reds, and that was the series that they split against the Reds when they could have won three to one and won that tiebreaker, but they're or a couple of meltdowns from the bullpen. And so basically, why didn't you keep Assad in? And I was thinking, well, he was getting kind of blistered and he was actually kind of lucky to keep it shut out. But, you know, results are results. You like that he was keeping those shut out. But I think he wasn't long for the rest of the game because he had maxed out his pitch count like this. That was basically his highest pitch count uh, in, in his career. For a game, yeah, I was watching that game, and like I, I was surprised that he came out for the eighth. I mean, I thought he was already looking kind of, kind of gassed in the seventh. Um, but 
you know, he, he bends the pitch well in the eighth, but I, I felt like it was very much a very much a tight route there. So I, I had no issues whatsoever with uh, with taking him out. I, I guess the problem was the reliever usage, and that that was basically like. I think he was leaning really heavily on certain arms, including like Fulmer and Merriweather and Mark Leiter Jr. and Abbott Alzelay, right? So at some point, like maybe it's David Russ, maybe it's just the fact that arms aren't meant to bend that way to throw a baseball that fast. But somebody is going to get injured. Like uh, Fulmer was on the IL for a bit because of the right forearm strain, and now he's back. And Adbert is now on the IL for the same problem. So I, I feel like this is just like basically forcing them to rest that arm uh, because it, it sounded like it wasn't that serious. But, you know, if you go on the IL as a pitcher, you're gone for 15 days. So that's basically a two week rest that they get. So I, yeah. I hope that that's going to be helpful. Yeah, I don't think he had a lot of choice. I mean, some, some of it is I don't know if I want to call it bad luck, but uh you know, just the Cubs just had a long string of just real close games, and I'm sure he'd rather have rested all of those, uh, all, all of those bullpen guys. So certainly, the bullpen looks, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe not better, but certainly more settled than it was, uh, I don't know, three months ago, right? You know, at least when everyone's rested. I mean, having Lighter and Merriweather and Alzali and Quas, I still like, even if he's been wild from time to time. You know, I think that's pretty good back end of the bullpen. But, you know, when like when the offense isn't scoring many runs and like every game is a one run game, I mean, there's only so much these guys can do. (laughs) And that that actually comes into, uh, I guess, both lineup construction. There's always people complaining about half batting third. He did that third the other game. Uh, but now he's back at third. I think he's fine, you know, batting in front of Bellinger. But then there's the whole thing of, well, Cody Bellinger is going to be like on in the on-deck circle when Ian Happ ends the game. Sometimes that's, that just happens. You can't predict when, you know, the game's going to end because you can't predict how many times you cycle through that lineup, right? But, uh, I mean, these are the guys that basically got you to this point. And that's basically what David Ross has been saying, is I'm going to ride these guys at this time of the year, like I know that they need rest, I know that they're all banged up, but these are professional athletes. They play play through pain, except, you know, Jamer Candelario can't do that now because they put him on the IL uh, for a back issue. So hopefully he comes back before the final series and he just like does what he did when he first came back over to the Cubs again. But uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of like weird things that, uh, that people are just kind of complaining about uh, that I, I feel like are just a function of this time of year with a lot of people getting injured, with people being tired, and was just the luck of baseball. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I, I've been kind of impressed in some sense with the depth of the Cubs that you know, these guys have got injured and they still kept things afloat with like Assad and Wicks and you know, I guess none of these bullpen guys have really necessarily happened. Anyone new come up? Well, I mean, Lighter and Merriweather, I guess. I wasn't a huge Merriweather fan going into the season, but I am now. Um, I think he might yeah, have I mean, so, 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 de facto save guy, right? Like, Merriweather yeah, I was surprised that, I'm surprised that he didn't come out for the save uh, in yesterday's game, I think. Who went to the save? Oh, Quas came out, I think. 
Yeah. So yesterday, Quas, no, I, I forgot the last time Quas pitched. He probably did pitch yesterday, but Merriweather got the save yesterday for sure, right? No, Fulmer got the save yesterday. Is that the oh, it was Fulmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quas, Quas started yeah, he, the he came back and, and he was wild and he plunked the guy and then it was like first and second with no outs or one out. And then he just like started striking out everybody. Because he, he relieved Smiley. So Smiley got the first out because there was a lefty bat- batter. And then Homer got two yeah, guys yeah, off. Yeah, it was Smiley then Homer. Yeah. yeah. It was Smiley then Homer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, but I was surprised Homer. Yeah. He, he you're, pitched you're earlier. Yeah. He gave up the lead before the Cubs got it back. But, um, but yeah, so it was Smiley in the ninth to get out of lefty. And then they brought in Fulmer, which I thought was a bit of a head scratcher. Considering he had just come off the uh, IL and had, didn't have a rehab assignment, so he was really thrown in the fire there. I don't know if Barryweather was available or not um, yesterday or the day yeah. before. He might not have in that part of it. Like Boxberger got activated, but he's not pitching yet. I I don't think they necessarily trust him. So, like I guess we'll see if. The Cubs actually build a big enough lead so that they could like put in Boxberger for mop up duty, see how he feels. Uh, Stroman it, has done a couple of bullpens and he's going to do another one. And I think at some point he, he will come back. Uh, as a yeah, sounds like the, guy, so that sh- yeah, that the plan would be that he, he'll be a reliever, which I think is interesting. And it makes sense yeah. when I, after I thought about it a little more, but that could be a real. Uh, a real wild card for the for the Cubs can deploy if he's good out of the pen. Yeah, I, I guess they, they, they certainly uh, they certainly need reinforcements there. Yeah, because I, I think the minor league seasons are about to end. They're in playoff mode now, and there there's just no time for him to rehab. So there's no time for him to build up stamina. So he's just going to have to be a reliever. So I I think that does make sense. the 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 other thing is like uh, on that one day when when Jamison Tyone actually had a really, really good start. And I just totally forgot whether they won or lost that game, but he, he had six, like pretty sure they were shutout innings. Yeah. Yeah. They lost. Like he, it, 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 I, I just joke that, Hey, whatever you're doing in that game, carry it forward because that's obviously working. So hopefully that means they, they unbroke you. <laughs> So, you know, after tinkering with, with you and, and spring training, maybe you're now unbroken and uh, you can continue doing that for the rest of the season. And, you know, uh, I, I'm guessing that right now, if they had to pick, it would be just uh, Justin Steele, who's pretty much a Cy Young finalist at this point. It'll be Hendricks. It'll be uh, Jordan Wicks, who's actually a pretty good contact manager. Like, I don't think he's striking out that many people, uh, or at least not in Colorado. Uh, but he, he did rack up a few strikeouts. So I, I don't want to say that he's just a contact manager. But yet yesterday's game, he, he was a contact manager. He basically limited him to one run over six innings with only, like, one or two strikeouts. It was pretty crazy. Like, he was giving up all kinds of contact, but it was just all on the ground to, like, Dan B. Swanson. <laughs> so... That that that's always a good plan. Yeah, he's looked great. Yeah, but he definitely hasn't been striking out much. Uh, let's see, it's what 
15 strikeouts in uh, 22 innings. That's a little more than yeah. I would have guessed. Oh, he had, he had, like, one good strikeout game. He's had a couple other starts where he, like, struck out, like, one guy. Yeah. So so I think he, he's, like, pure contact manager. And he kind of does look like, you know, an accountant middle manager type. So <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of funny uh, when I think about it. But, uh, you know, if you can limit the hard contact and if you have a vacuum cleaner of a defense behind you, why not? You know, it, it'll, it'll probably save you some pitches, too. But that six, uh, six strong innings with one run in cores, that's a huge thing. And so I think he's uh, pretty much put himself in the conversation for postseason uh, rotation. Yeah, he just doesn't seem like a rookie. I mean, part of it is, is the whole, uh, you know, Kyle Hendricks looks like a, you know, mid-30 CPA <laughs> factor, maybe. But he's definitely got a, he's got, he's got composure above and beyond what you usually see for a rookie. Yeah. So uh, we, we just uh, said that Jamie Candelario is on the IL because of the little barking back issue. Uh, he, so Canario, Alexander Canario, was optioned down for Pete Armstrong, who just made like a spectacular catch, uh, by the way, and got his first RBI, even though it was a ground out. Uh, he also just got his second caught stealing of the year. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what the deal is. Like uh, maybe maybe uh, as he gets more experience, he'll figure out reads and uh, understand catcher tendencies a little better. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny how how that stuff like that works. But uh, he he's really trying to take advantage of speed. I think he's just going to be like one of those risk takers, like Javi used to be, which you know he he was traded for for Javi Baez. But uh, what, what I was saying is. So Jamer went down on the IL and Canario's back. I don't think he even left the city. Like he he probably got, you know, a pretty nice hotel room for for day, got to visit Denver, you know, didn't have to report the work, and now he's back. I don't I don't even know if he was in the dugout yesterday, to to be honest. And I flew in and out of Denver on this trip. Um I could confirm that the Denver airport is like so far away from downtown Denver that, you know, maybe, maybe he was on the way still when uh, <laughs> they just turned around his his Uber <laughs> when uh, when Candelario got hurt. Cool. <laughs> it, it takes a it, t- it takes a while to get out there. Yeah. So yeah, he was in the taxi when they like you know texted him and said you might as well turn back. We'll cancel your flight. <laughs> or they kind of knew already and he got got a chance to like go to Casa Bonita or something. I saw a TikTok video of Casa Bonita, by the way. It's, it looks pretty interesting now. Like when I went, it was like 2009 because uh, I was there for, for a cancer biology conference. And we, we saw it like driving down the streets and we're just holy crap, it's Casa Bonita because you remember that South Park episode? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, they, they, bought the, they bought the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he throws yeah. butters into like a, like a nuclear bomb shelter and <laughs> so he could go to class. But, so, but it, it was literally just the way they portrayed it. It's so cool. And I, I think it's really cool that they did buy it. Up. Like the pricing is crazy, but I guess it's both a restaurant and a theme park. So it, it makes sense. But anyway, like, uh, you, you know, the whole thing with Denario, right? He was there for essentially uh two weeks and he got mlbk and i i think 
what's going on is like he's coming back from massive like shoulder slash ankle injury. I think he had a compound fracture of the ankle when he tripped over that base and they landed on his shoulder, right? So that was a double whammy on that on that injury. And it took him forever to come back. There's like stories all over the internet uh, from various beat reporters about that. Now, he comes back, he starts smoking the ball, like he's probably not the best defender, so he's not going to be your defensive replacement. And so they, they use him as depth, right? But that's two weeks of MLB minimum parada. I, I actually don't know how that is. My, like my, my brain isn't mathing, but if you're doing 15 of the 180 days that you're, you're up, uh, uh, what is that? Like forty thousand dollars? That's a lot. I, mean, I think, I think, I think it's an order order of magnitude bump over the AAA salary for sure. Yeah, and he's on, on a rate 40, basis. So he gets he, he should get above that even that AAA salary, but even that isn't as good as what he just got. So I I, I feel like the organization was basically saying, hey. You know, you're, you're probably aching a little bit. We appreciate what you did to get come back. Have two weeks vacation, get an at-bat. You know, you had a great at-bat against, uh, I, I think it was Camilo Duvall uh, in, in the last game when the, the Cubs swept the Giants. And he, he took him to at least six pitches before he struck out on a full count. So that was an excellent at-bat against, like, an all-star reliever. So he got his his cup of tea, but it's kind of like, hey, this guy just came back from injury. He's never seen the major league at that. Is he really better than a Talkman or, you know, a Patrick Wisdom or whatever? Arguably, yes, but also unproven. So I, I think I kind of understand where, where they were going with this. Uh, I, I feel like that was mostly goodwill for them. Yeah, this this with the, the pay disparity makes me think of uh, when I was a graduate student and I'd work at a summer as a summer student here at Los Alamos, like working here for six weeks. So I made more than I did the entire rest of the year as a graduate student. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope it's similar for for Canario. It's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, because you like I think once upon a time when when uh, Phil was still there, we we were talking about how. Uh, minor leaguers basically then get paid crap. They they essentially think of it as an apprenticeship, right? But as an apprentice, you're not getting paid anything, uh, which which is very similar to when we were in graduate school. We got like a stipend that was for, you know, a single student who probably had a bunch of roommates, right? You know, except yeah. I had to support my my wife and son and myself. Uh, <laughs> on that stipend so i did get a lot of help from my family but it was rough, my, my wife you know? su- my wife supported me on that stipend <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I think with the minor leaguers unionizing and everything and uh getting you know even meager pay raises it helps a lot but it's still a long way away from what you would consider a living wage and i think if they are able to to generate more momentum with their new union, like they're they're in an, an umbrella under the MLBPA, I, I think that'll be a lot better. But you you know that actually they're going to cut down the uh, minor league 
like the organizational roster is going from 180 to 165. So 15 guys and the miners are about to lose their jobs. Uh, so that's going to be rough, too. So it, it, it's like kind of a give and take uh, sort of thing for for them because the owners are always going to want their profits. And, uh, you know, if you want your living wage, there's going to be less of you. And that's un- the unfortunate reality. And it really shouldn't be. So, uh, yeah, I, I think um, if we are looking at slumps, you know, there, there have been a bunch of games over the past uh, week or so where they've only scored like one or two runs. And one of the two run games was an extra inning, which is kind of pathetic. So I, I feel like, do you consider this? just one of those ebbs and flows of the season or is there something underlying that is like seriously flawed about the offense right now no it's just one of those things i think was was it the wind uh like howling in for all of these games too i mean yeah 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 it's just one of those things i mean it'd be great if they slapped a couple more hits but you know it happens and it sucks (laughs) and the the diamondbacks are are a solid team too it's not like they were doing this to the a's yeah, that's true. I mean, they, they had a really good pitching. The unfortunate thing was that they faced like two of their best pitchers. And then uh, one of the other games was just some random guy who, I guess, got really good uh, batted ball work because there are a lot of scalded balls that found gloves. Like their yeah. outfield offense, I, I feel like they, they just tracked down everything. So that that's the unfortunate thing about playing these uh, NL West teams because they're all parts are huge. They have really speedy outfielders and they just track down everything, and it's extremely frustrating. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It stinks, but it is what it is. It would help if, uh, least, if the the Yankees could beat the Brewers. That would have been nice. Yeah, they did beat them once. That that was a very very uh, stupid game, right? Oh, wasn't uh, that like that weird? Like they took the no hitter into like the tenth inning, and then the Yankees won an extras. One of the it was exactly, that game. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Cubs double agent Andrew Chapin gave up a bomb to Stanton, and then they he got uh, someone else got walked off. So that was nice. Uh, I I don't know how likely it is for the Cubs to. Uh, get the division, especially since, you know, it looks like the Marlins are being completely useless, which I guess it's okay because we don't necessarily like the Marlins. So if they lose out, they're out of the postseason race and we don't have to worry about anybody but like Arizona and San Francisco and Cincinnati. Uh, I guess the good news at this time is that they're being played really tough by you know, basically a Detroit team that has nothing to play for. Uh, Atlanta is beating the Phillies. Yay. Uh, so, and I think the Mets just beat the, the Diamondbacks, right? No, they're, they're still playing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really kind of nice to, to see a day when the scoreboard is in your favor because there was a lot of times when the Cubs were winning and then everybody else just refused to lose. And that's why the... <laughs> That's why the uh, division lead is what it is, and their lead over Diamondbacks is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, is just people around them just basically refusing to lose because, like the Padres, wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't then want to win, 
or <laughs> it was just extremely unfortunate timing. But uh, you know, the Cubs are doing their their own. They're they're basically uh, playing for themselves at this time, and I, I think that's good. Like just re- regardless of what everybody else does, if you just keep playing good baseball, like we've been harping on for the months now, and, and they are. Uh, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, they played better, even if they have a, a slump or two from time to time. Do you remember how to calculate magic numbers? Uh, I do, but I haven't. Uh, I, I feel like it's bad juju to do it when you're trailing in <laughs> in a race. <laughs> yeah, but they they aren't trailing per se. They are uh, leading. So I'm trying to figure out. Okay, to get any wild card spot, what do the Cubs have to do? So if we're taking a look at the at the division, like right now, as of this this contest, uh, the Cubs are 78 and 67. They're 11 games over 500. So let's let's keep it there. Uh, if we take a look at the wild card and also considering tiebreakers, so if they tie. Uh, either Cincinnati or at this point we'll assume Arizona or Miami they lose a tiebreaker they're just completely out there's no game 163 they do have the tiebreaker against San Francisco though so that's nice and uh, and I think depending on what happens in the final series they might also have the tiebreaker over Milwaukee but I'm not sure they definitely do not have the tiebreaker against Philly because Philly like destroyed them in that one series and uh, there was a sweep and then they lost the other series uh, two games to one. So they definitely do not have the tiebreaker against Philly. So uh, being a, a game and a half behind though that that's kind of nice. So yeah. I guess it, it, basically the, the the way you do it is you take uh, you take whatever team is is trailing. You just assume that they win every game every remaining game and then you need to figure out how many uh how many wins you need to add to your win total to top that basically <laughs> okay okay so the cubs have 78 wins and the marlins and giants are currently tied at 74 wins so, so do we, have the, you, we played the same number of games though that that's the difficulty we've played one more than they have yeah so Definitely ahead in the hot loss column because you know they're they're like three and a half games up. But yep. uh, the Cavs right now, including this game, have seventeen left. No, twenty-seven left. No, seventeen. I forget. Yeah, probably seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> 17. <laughs> so then Miami and San Francisco both have eighteen and they're currently playing. So if uh, we're talking seventeen and eighteen, I can't do math, man. <laughs> I used to be so good at math, and now now it's just like terrible. Yeah, so the most wins I guess the uh, Giants can have is what that would be eighteen more, uh, eighty four, ninety two wins. So we'd have to get to ninety two, or we'd have to get to ninety three. So that would be uh, fifteen fifteen more wins for us. Okay, so the magic number is fifteen. So that's a combo of our wins and their losses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Magic numbers fifteen. Yay. Of course, now we're gonna right. do the thing and find a Cubs player with a fifteen uniform number. <laughs> that's Chris Norfia, but uh, uh, that that's for some reason stands out to me. North. Yeah. 
Cubs uniform numbers. Uh, baseball reference. That's what I'm looking at, too. Here we go. Uh, uniform they, they numbers. I'm kind of uh, angry about Pete Crow Armstrong getting number 52, but I think they just give like any random number to a rookie. Uh, I was just going to say that maybe he could like beat Nick, Nick Madrigal at arm wrestling for number one or something, but. Oh, Jan Gomes is wearing Oh, duh, Jan right Gomes is wearing 15. Idiot. Okay. Kristen Northfield did wear number 15. And oh, yes, you, you, you were right about the North. Oh, and it was Darwin Barney's number. Jim Edmonds. Oh, yeah, the, the summer of Jim Edmonds. <laughs> good trade. Or a uh, good pickup. With of course, by the, time, by, by, by the time this goes out, the number will hopefully have changed. So. <laughs> Oh, well, I guess so it'll only really change by one because it'll be either the Marlins or the uh, Giants. Oh, wait, no, they aren't playing each other. Never mind. Well, 14 is uh, obviously oh. Ernie Banks. So, yeah. That'd be nice. It's oh, always a good time. Starling Castro. Yeah. yeah. I guess we could. I guess I guess, I guess I might start putting up numbers for the wild card. <laughs> but if they, pass the, if they pass the Brewers, I'll switch it. Yeah. So the Brewers right now, I believe, are at 16 as their magic number, and that's going to shrink because I think they're going to beat the Marlins. So uh, the if the Cubs can keep the magic number at six or more uh, by the time they meet the meet the Brewers at the end of the series, they have a chance at the division. But uh, at this point, do you even care that they win the division or not? Like, obviously, that means they get to play the number six seed which is the third wild card but the third wild card could be arizona who's been tough it could potentially be uh the phillies who have also been tough it could be cincinnati who's just pesky so honestly i i don't care i i actually kind of think it'd be nice for that first in all their games i don't know it'd be good it'd be good to have a home game now 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 that they've got the monkey off their back uh i I don't think wrigley's as much of a disadvantage in a playoff series (laughs) As you yeah. as you could argue as you could argue it was uh, before 2016. Yeah, I think it's three days in a row, and it's all at home. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's 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 one series at the at the home field advantage team. Just three games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they definitely uh, could could do that because I, I think they've been playing very very well at Wrigley, and honestly, they I think they're above 500 on both at both Wrigley and the road, so it's not. It, it doesn't matter where they're playing; they're playing well, and you kind of wish as, that just, they just as long as they're not playing at Dodger Stadium. It's something about oh, yeah. playing there just drives me crazy. Like they're their soundboard uh, guy. They said they said their soundboard their soundboard guy really uh, really gets on my nerves. They're they're playing like too many like weird weird things. Yeah, or, just uh, just all the weird just all the weird audio drops they do. I don't know what it, what it is about them. It just it just really drives me all. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I guess by the time this comes out on the off day, uh, we'll see how the Cubs did against the Rockies. And then they'll be playing the Diamondbacks again in the series for three. There's an off day and then it's Pirates and Rockies at home. And then there's another off day and then it's Braves and Brewers to end the season. So there are off days baked in uh, that might help them uh, rest a few starters and relievers. It might help them like do, you know, give 
a position player a couple of days off the road. So I, I think no. there's a lot of options for them here. Having a week at home against the Pirates and the Rockies might give their bullpen a little rest, though. You know, you can never really count on that. I mean, they they, they did all right on that last stretch of against bad teams, but they were a little closer than you would have liked. <laughs> yeah, the bad teams are all all playing spoiler, man. They they do want to actually play well. They, they're playing for their jobs next year. So it's it's not like anybody's going to be laying down. Like whoever's in the yeah, they're not going to be laying, be laying down. But there's definitely a there's definitely a talent difference between the two, which helps a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. But if you groove a fastball, they're still hitting it like over the ivy. <laughs> yeah, there there's a lot of like weird things going on. Like I I feel like especially with guys like Tyone, they're stuck, right? Like Drew Smiley and Tyone have stuff. They can get people to swing and miss, but it's both a command thing and also a sequencing thing where like they're throwing the wrong pitch to the wrong spot at the wrong time. And maybe you can't really predict things like that because you can't predict baseball, but I feel like that's something going on with the game planning for those guys. And that's why Smiley's no longer starting, but hopefully something went right with time and he can uh, play out the string and then he can be basically the Jason Hamill spot on the roster. Like you're you're there in spirit, but you're not actually on the roster uh, until next year when you can hopefully like show that you're good. Uh, I, I I think he'd still get the I, I think he'd still get the third the third start over uh, over Wicks. Maybe maybe they would piggyback him, but uh, he, he, he's 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 enough of a veteran and and I I think I think uh, I think Ross would put him in there. And I, and I probably would, too, even if he's been so up and down. Indeed. Well, yeah, I, I guess uh, we'll just try to enjoy the rest of this game. Uh, hopefully the Cubs score more because hashtag Coors. <laughs> but uh, uh, they haven't been able to destroy a baseball yet. Uh, but I, I think it's going to happen because this is like the second time through the lineup for the Cubs themselves. Uh, holding the, the Rockies to so few runs, like even if they are a terrible offense this year, it's still an achievement, especially at course. So I, I think there's a lot to like about this team. Uh, right now, if you're talking about 17 games remaining and you want to get to 86 or so, they, they basically need to go eight and nine. I think they'll do better than eight and nine, uh, at this point. So we'll, we'll, we will, as they say, we will see what happens. You got plans for the weekend? Uh, not really. Clean my house. Uh, <laughs> do, do, all the yard, do, 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 do all the yard work that I ignored while I was on vacation. Oh, not that it's so not that it's that much. Like I don't know. But uh, well, grass does it, but weeds do. Oh, gross. Yeah. yeah. I, I figure you you're in the southwest, so it's still mostly like succulents and stuff, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got. I, I mean, I've got a. I've got a xeriscaped. Uh, you know, that's not a big yard. It's xeriscaped, but uh, but yeah, weed weeds still grow. And actually, it's been raining a bunch this week, so I'm gonna have even more weeds this weekend. But most of the weeds that do grow are very. Uh, I don't say very, but definitely relatively spiky. 
<laughs> Which makes things uh, uh, not fun at times. Yeah. You, invest, you gotta invest in a good pair of gloves uh, doing your Indeed. own work here. Uh, things get prickly and start stabbing you because plants also want to play some defense. And yeah, we're we're glad that the Cubs are doing well. We hope it continues, and uh, we hope more people actually listen to this thing. Uh, I'm glad we're still hitting double digits downloads for for each episode. Uh, could be better, but you know, anything greater than zero is a good thing for for me right now. <laughs> but yeah, growth. Uh, growth is good. Yeah, <laughs> folks should still subscribe. And we're on Podbean. We are at obstructiveview.net. You can email worldseriesgreening at email.com. Uh, find us on the socials, uh, whatever remains. And uh, we will see what happens next. So uh, I guess I'll see you next week uh, at, right at the start of the next homestand. And then we'll reassess where the Cubs are because, yeah, we are basically at two and a half weeks left. Time grows short. And once you get in, uh, crazy things might happen. Right. Yeah, nothing else here. Just go Cubs. Oh, let's do it. Go Cubs. It was more than just a game. Oops, you're on mute. Oh, sorry. I, I had nothing more to add, so. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It was okay. more than just a game.